If you have your Bible, please turn to Colossians chapter 3. And while you're turning there, I have a question for you. Um, have you ever heard this term? Cruising for a bruising. Yeah, it, wow, that was a pretty good response. Everybody's heard of that one. You've probably heard a lot of other types of, of ways of saying that. And we know what that means, right? What's it mean when you're cruising for a bruising? You're about to get in trouble. You're going to get a swap. Um, bruising, that's kind of vicious, if you ask me. That's, uh, that's, that's a little bit tough. But, but spanking and those types of things reminds me of this story I heard one time of this family. They had gotten in their car for a family trip, and they're headed down the road, and the kids are in the back seat, and the mom and dad in the front seat. And like what happens on family vacations when you're stuck in the car for a long time, the kids in the back were acting up. So the dad had warned them, if you act up again, I'm going to pull this car over. You're going to get a swat. Sure enough, they acted up, so he pulls the car over, gets them all out of the car, gives them all their SWAT, puts them back into the car and says, now, I don't want to hear another word out of you till we get to where we're going. And one of the kids said, but dad, he said, nope, uh, uh-uh. I don't want to hear another word. But dad, shut your mouth until we get to where we're going. So they start off down the road, a little ways down the road. Dad, no, I don't want to hear it a little while later. But dad. Keep your mouth shut. They finally get to where they're going. Long ways down the road. It's a family trip. They get to where they're going. The dad finally says, okay, what was it that you wanted to say? And the child said, well, dad, when we got outside and he gave us that spanking, you remember that? He said, yeah. He said, well, when you spanked me, my shoe fell off. And now they're all that way. True story. It was on Focus on the Family one time. So, And, and, and we, we laugh about it and the discipline. But today we're going to be talking about parenting and uh, I think sometimes when we think of parenting, we think so oftentimes of just the discipline and uh, and sometimes maybe how hard it was on us or how hard it's going to be to get our kids to align. But we want to take a look at it this morning from God's eyes, just as being parents, because parents just isn't just equal to discipline and disciplining is not the only part of parenting. So we're going to look at that this morning. So in Colossians chapter three, again, he's dealing with households, not to just lay down a list of rules, but that now that we are in Jesus, we have been saved by Jesus. This is how a Christian family should act. We've been dealing with husbands and wives. And then uh, previously we dealt with how to be children um, in the Lord's way. And now we get to verse 21 where it starts out and says, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Now, moms, before you say, Oof, not talking about me. Uh, certainly this word is fathers. But in the context here, it also includes mothers. It's a parenting issue. The word can contain both of those at once. Back in the day when they were there writing, the fathers were the ones who particularly did most of the disciplining in the house. So there was a lot of talking here towards fathers, but the word does include the wholeness of parenting together. So moms, you're not off the hook. It says here, fathers, don't do what? Don't provoke them. Don't provoke them. Now, provoking, it's a it's one of those things where there's just a constant contention. There's something within you that is doing whatever it is, even in the discipline and whatever you're doing, that's constantly stirring up strife with the child. When I think of provoking, there's this image that comes to my mind. I remember being at a zoo one time and, and we went to where there was one of these beautiful caged cats one of these huge things that could just you know rip me apart and chase us all down but because of this great opportunity we have where we sit on the other side of a of a of a window of a glass and we can we can look at these beautiful creatures and i remember while this crowd was up there watching along came some 
some ruffians, some youths, and they came up and they just began to provoke this cat. There wasn't a moment of looking at the cat and saying, what, what a wonderful creature that the Lord has made. How could we care for it better? How could we just observe its beauty and, and what it is? But these kids continued to pester at the cat and, and, and provoke the cat to try to get the cat to respond. It was a way of by using their position to intimidate the cat to get a reaction. And what the Lord is saying here, don't use your position as a parent to provoke your child to anger all the time. Just because they're on the other side of an authoritative glass, don't think that you can just use your your bigger than them. You've got a belt on. You are a parent, but don't keep provoking your children. In Ephesians, almost a very um, similar passage we'll read a little bit later, it says, don't provoke them to anger. You're uh, constantly doing what you're doing. And, and, you know, as a parent, sometimes you just feel justified to do it. Why? Because they're kids and they're being kids and they deserve it, right? No parents saying amen on that one. And you know what I'm talking about that morning. It just seems you can't get them to settle down. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're, they're being kids and often playing the role of sinner. And it's easy in that moment just to want to provoke them, just to get involved with them. And the Lord says, you as a dad, you as a mom, your job is not to provoke them to anger. That's not why you've been put into the parenthood position. But rather, we've been given an illustration. We've been given an illustration in this very book of what it means to parent. I want you to quickly turn over the page to Colossians chapter 1. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, just speaking about the gospel, because everything flows from the gospel, it says this in verse 11, May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So if you want to look to see what it means to be a parent, and especially one who has a position who would be able to claim the opportunity to have all might and the ability to smash if he wants to, his role as a father was to love upon us so much that even when we did not deserve it, he qualified us by giving his one and only son so that through his blood, redemption through the forgiveness of our sins. He would pull us into his family and then parent us in such a good way that it doesn't talk about provoking us. He's not trying to crush us in his discipline in us. He's not trying to make us angry and constantly fight with us. We may get a little upset at what he's doing in our life, but his goal is to not run us down. Here it said in the midst of it, he's trying to strengthen you with all of his power. It said also he's he's giving you endurance. He's giving you patience with joy. That's his goal in fathering his his opportunity to parent. And even in his discipline is to bring you not to provoke you, but to bring you close and to grow you up in faith and to make you trust in mothers and fathers. As you parent your goal, even as you discipline is not to provoke and to cause them to think that they're lesser. Your goal is to get them to look upon Jesus. Your goal is to get them to, to follow the father. That he would be there all in all. The song that we sang at the very beginning of this service. And so Colossians says, don't provoke them. It says, lest they become discouraged. That word discouraged. You ever seen out 
in public and there's been a parent who's just berating their child. And you can tell, you know, there's there's a moment to to to, to talk stern to your child. But you can just sense in that moment that this is a constant thing, that the child is just melting to a place of being discouraged. What that word really means is to steal courage. That the young man or the young woman is losing heart. They're losing passion for life. And in the midst of provoking them, it says we might actually steal their courage and cause them to lose heart in us. No, just in life and in God. And they become so crushed, they don't even want to try to do anything, let alone obey you. So the question comes, well, should we should we not discipline? Should we not then be tough on them? That's not what it's saying at all. I quickly want to hit over into Ephesians. Again, I said this is a very similar passage. It's a sister book. A lot of the things are, 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 are replicated in, in this one. This is Ephesians chapter 6. And it says in verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline of and instruction of the Lord. So in the last one, it said, lest they become discouraged. And in this one, it gives some positives, but you should be bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There, there is a moment for discipline. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that God disciplines us. Why? Because he loves us. And the Proverbs say that parents, if you love your children, you will discipline them because if you don't, you're actually leading them towards death. You should discipline your children. You should not abuse your children. There is a distinction between the two. I know we joke and I brought at the beginning cruising for a bruising. I know a lot of times just in probably jest. Other phrases like that have come out where where things like I'm going to rip up their tail. You ever heard something like that? What are some of the other ones you hear? I'm going to knock their head off. I'm, I'm going to bring out the switch on that one. A lot of you aren't saying it because you've said it. <laughs> yeah, I'm fixing the break, man. I don't know what we got. Sometimes those instances are just because we are so angry in that moment. I just got to take it on this child and let them know who's boss. Now, there's a place for knowing who's in authority, but there's another place. Instance where we're abusing the authority that God's given us, abusing the authority and possibly abusing somebody else. Somebody weaker than us. And sometimes in the ways that those have been said, it's actually been bragging about it to other people, hasn't it been? My child was so bad, man, I was going to rip their tail up. And we actually brag about what we might do to our child. Lord said, that's not what it's about. This child needs to be brought up in the Lord and we need to discipline them in a godly way. Now, what means and manner that takes, I mean, that can go all over the place. I remember, uh, you know, we've got three kids. They respond differently to different disciplines. One of them, I can spank on the behind and that's going to correct them. Another one, I'll do that and they'll just give me that stern face back. Some of them I can I can talk to really fiercely. And then another one, if I talk too fiercely, that just that just doesn't help. I, you know. Part of being a godly parent is understanding and listening how God wants me to discipline even child to child, moment to moment, 
actually stopping and talking and being with a child and making sure what's going on has actually gone on before I whack them and then have to come back and either apologize or just say, well, you deserved it anyway. And so parenting is this thing all the time of saying, this is, this is a, a precious possession of God's. This is God's child that he's asked me to steward. I shouldn't just go ripping their tail up. But I also shouldn't just stay back and say, well, then whatever they want goes. Because part of bringing them up in the instruction is making sure that your words have power. One of the worst things we can do for a parent is tell our child no and then let them continue on with it. Your no has to have meaning. As much as your I love you also has to. Let your words have power to your children so that you are bringing them up to encouragement so that you are disciplining them and instructing them in the Lord. It's all about bringing up to him. So in your discipline and also in your praising and in your presence in your life, it is helping to shepherd them. That's what you really are of a family. You are shepherding them towards Jesus. You are pastoring your kids towards Jesus. And that discipline and that instruction child to child is always about the Lord, but sometimes it looks different. I remember my grandma, we called her granny, and she talked about my dad and his brother. And they responded different to discipline as well. Now, my dad, he was the type where one time she said he went over to the telephone. And he knew he wasn't supposed to touch that telephone, but he picked it up and granny had to go over and just whack his hand. And he put down the telephone. He cried. Well, sometime later, he goes over to the telephone. And he's just about to put his hand on the telephone when suddenly he takes his own hand and goes. And walks away. Just a little thing was was causing my dad to know that her no meant no. And that where there was boundaries, there was boundaries. And the Lord had used that that discipline. And I can't imagine granny smacking too hard, but that discipline to instill into my dad. Here's where you should go. Now, his brother. His brother had this. He's a real creative guy. He's now a chef. I mean, he can make what they make on TV, that type of things. And um, when he was younger, he was really creative and he would get up early in the morning and he loved to get out the color crayons and just start drawing art. And he would get up and he would he would sit there at the table and draw. And pretty soon, you know, the creative types, that little piece of paper, they don't want to be contained. And so granny wakes up in the morning and her wall is one big piece of art. And he was in trouble. She told him, don't do this. So they get the wall cleaned and mornings wake up. And again, there's art across the wall. And so she went to Paul and she popped him on his behind. But the drawings didn't stop. And he was so stubborn that she smacked and smacked and smacked and smacked his behind until his behind had cruised and got bruised. And Granny realized she said this, she said, I just felt so ashamed in that moment, not because I was wanting the best for my child, but I realized that I had gotten so angry. I took it out on him in a way that actually wasn't helping correct him. You know, the thing that ended up being the correcting moment for him to stop drawing on the walls. She took away his color crayons. And he bawled his eyes out. He could look at her and just with sternness, he was going to be stubborn. And at every spanking, he would take it, whether he was bruised or not. But take away your color crayons. I mean, that hurt. And so with child to child, Granny was telling me, watch your children, Jason. 
As you're bringing them up in the Lord, you have to kind of gauge where the Lord wants you in each one of their lives to make sure that they're going to where they're supposed to be. And it's not for Jason just to sit there and intimidate his children to do what he wants them to do. Because at the end of the day, at the age of 18, your goal that's apparent isn't then to get them to do all the rules right or wrong. Your goal is to get them on a path walking with Jesus. So that their heart is with him and then he will guide them in all those things. Certainly, we're helping them to know where those things are to the left and to the right. Stay away from those things. Watch out for the world. Watch out for the own, the evil in your own heart. Here's the scripture. Let's go through. So when it says not only discipline in the Lord, it also says to help us also instruct them in the Lord. So I want to quickly go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter six, because I know sometimes it's like, well, how do I do that? How do I how do I parent in the Lord? And yes, it's a day by day struggle. And um, the Lord needs to help guide us, but he does give us some indication about how that should look as the people of God. So in in Deuteronomy chapter six, while you're turning there, Israel has come out of Egypt. They're wandering around in the wilderness on their way to the promised land. And God is giving them um, the, the law and the way that their society is to be set up. And the very fundamental piece of that society was the family. They weren't going to wait for the government to do it. They weren't going to wait for public schools to figure it out for their kids. They weren't going to wait for the youth pastor to figure it out for the kids. It was the parents and the family where it all started. And so in Deuteronomy chapter six, after giving them his word, he says this in verse six. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So the beginning of instruction within the family was teach them my word. I want these kids as they come up to know what I have said, to know who I am and to draw them close to me. And your role as a parent isn't just to get them to school on time, is to make sure that when you're on the way to school, you're talking about the word of God. That as you're sending them to bed at night, that you're talking about the word of God, eating around the dinner table about the word of God around your house. It even said here, post it in your house. It even talked about having some on your forehead. I don't know what you got to do with your clothing line to make the word of God know, known in your house. But the Lord said it should be present in every part of your family life. You should be bringing your children up in the instruction of the Lord. Parents, what that means for you is not just coming and dropping them off in a Sunday school class and thinking that does it. We have great Sunday school teachers. We have great Bible digger teachers. And we're going to ensure that they are learning the word of God here. But it is upon the parents to be teaching kids the word of God. And you might say, well, I don't really know what to teach them. Yeah, a lot of us need to learn the word of God and be in it with them to be able to teach them the word of God. So that's a good encouragement to you of why do we come to a Bible study? Why do I listen to um, Pastor Jason or another preacher preach from the word? It is so that we know the word to be able to give the word to those that have been entrusted to us. And I know many of you are working hard to learn the word of God and good job because it's not just for you. It's for those that the Lord will use your life in ministry, starting with your kids. And so there it says the first thing is have the word of God be a part of your family life. And I would encourage you, if you need a place to start as a family, start somewhere where you're consistently every day together. Maybe the dinner table, 
Maybe, maybe at nighttime before you go to bed and you kind of come together for prayers, read a passage. If you need a children's Bible with the Word of God, we have NIV children's Bibles that are here and available for you. So take those and spend time with the Word of God and just let those stories begin to live inside of you and your kids and your family. But then if you turn the page, uh, chapter 7, verse 4, this is another opportunity for the families, for parents in instructing in the ways of the Lord. In verse 4, it says, He's talking about them not getting involved with the other countries around so they don't become polluted with their gods. It says in verse four, for they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you and he would destroy you quickly. But thus shall you deal with them. You shall break down their altars and dash into pieces their pillars and chop down their ashram and burn their carved images with fire. So as they're coming into the land, the Lord says, you can't have any of the other items of worship that the world has. And it says, as you go into that place and as you're navigating life and within the culture, your job as a parent is to help guard the other things that the world loves and is worshiping, guard it from coming into the family and becoming installed into the lives of your kids. That becomes a recognition point of what of the culture and what of the world is so penetrating that our heart would love it. Now, this talks about taking down idols and asherah poles you know you can go see a golden calf back then or a pole and say that's obviously a god nowadays it's a little more dicey nowadays it takes all kinds of form from food to music to devices to events all kinds of things and if you want to know what those are here's the gauge what are you and your family thinking and doing and paying for all week long What are the things that rise to the surface that you are all in on those things? Those are oftentimes the beginning points of the culture coming in and saying, that's that's where we want you to love us. And the Lord's saying, watch out for those things coming and taking over the hearts of your kids. Your job as a parent is to help point out those things, to help guard the wolves as they come towards and to say, "Okay, protect us from this. And that's difficult because a lot of things right now are really fun. One of the hardest things as a parent right now is to say, you know what? I'm so tired. It's been a long day and I, I know they really enjoy it. And since I don't have money for a babysitter, here's the iPad. Here's the phone. And those have become a digital babysitter for our kids. But what's ended up happening is it's really wrapping up our hearts and it's not just the kids. It's the parents. How much of the time are we? I want the kid to go so that I can be on my device. How many times in the presence of our kids are we like, I just really get quick. Got to read all this stuff. Read my email. Read my read my Facebook. Read, watch the game. Watch this and that in the presence of our kids. In this short little time, our kids still want to be with us. We might say, but your presence doesn't mean anything to me because I'd rather get caught up on what's going on in another state. Now, the news isn't bad. Entertainment's not bad. Devices of themselves are not evil. The opportunity is to say. But I love this more. And then we're teaching our kids to say, well, I want to love that more, too. And it's not just a device. It's everything in life that God says, if anything would take priority over Jesus, 
Watch out for those things. So parents, that's your thing. You're instructing them in the word of God. You're helping them to see what's coming in from the world and even through our own hearts that might be idolatrous and to point those things out and to talk through those things together and to walk through that together. And boy, is that going to be tougher when we get into the teenage years and there's all those temptations, right, parents? Amen. After this, I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. So the parents had not done a good job in preserving their faith and keeping their kids from idols. They ended up having a problem with idol worship, and they also had a problem with trusting the Lord's word. So the Lord had made them wander around in the desert for 40 years. Then Joshua comes in and Joshua is helping them and they they finally are listening to the Lord. And the Lord told him clearly, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous and lead these people where I tell you to go. And so he comes to the very end of his life and the people are going to be going into this land. They've gone in and now they have this place to steward, these families to steward, this relationship with God to steward. And Joshua, in some of his final words in chapter 24, verse 14, begins saying this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, we've seen God. He's brought us into this land. He's been so good. We saw him provide for us in the wilderness. We saw him make good on his promises. And now that we're here, here's my charge to you. Today as a family, you moms and you dads, as you decide as a family, you need to decide whether you're going to follow the Lord or whether you're going to follow some other God in some other place. But as for me and my family, I don't care what the rest of y'all do, but for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to look at him. We're going to listen to him. We're going to walk with him. We're not going to go to the left or the right. We're going to train up our children. We're going to discipline and instruct them in the Lord. But it is about him. So, parents, we can talk about reading scripture. We could talk about watching out what's in the world. But it comes down first to a start that says, but we're going to make a decision. I'm going to make a decision as a dad. We're going to make a decision as a mom and as a couple, as parents to say, we as a family are going to serve the Lord. And it's going to mean that we're going to have to prune away other things that the world might say is okay and to say it's fun, but not for us. It might mean that we have to make time sacrifices. It might mean that I might actually have to listen to how their day went. So I can go with them in prayer to the Lord and encourage them. Because the great opportunity is not to provoke our children to make them wild like a cat in a cage. But rather to say, look at this precious thing that the Lord's given for me to steward. How can I encourage? How can I give them courage to walk in faith? And it first starts with a decision to say, our family, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. And there's some in here who have kids right now. And this was a very relevant servant uh, sermon for you, a, a passage for you saying, yeah, I got kids that encouraged me to parent. 
There's some of you who are under the parenting age. You're not married yet. You don't have kids yet. You're still in school who are like, why am I listening? Hey, guess what? One day. Like it or not, you're probably going to be parents and you're going to be learning how to parent from God. And you have examples, hopefully godly examples from these from these uh, these folks here who will be parents. Some of you. Have gone beyond parenting age at this point, your kids have left the house. You've gone on. And now you're living the dream. You say, well, what, what does this have to do with me? One of the hardest things right now, even as a parent, is times when I've tried to parent, I've gotten it wrong. I have to go back to one of my children and I just maybe I thought something had happened, but I went after them and I was wrong. We didn't hear the whole story. And you have to go back and say, hey, look, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And to humble yourself. You may look as a parent who they're out of the house already. It's already gone on. But you look back at the way you parented and you realize, you know what? I made some mistakes. There were some things that I could have. And yeah, they deserved maybe a lot of it. It was really rough. They gave you a headache. But for you, you may realize I've I've made some mistakes. You know, it's not too late to go back to that son or that daughter and say, hey, can we talk? There's some things that have happened. There's some things that went on that I just need to talk with you about i want to say i'm sorry and you know what in doing that you're still being a godly parent you're still showing them how to walk in the lord you can go to the word together still you can encourage one another still you can give them courage even if they're up and out of the house some have sat here and said well this what the lord tells us about parenting fathers and mothers mine failed you may be at that age they they failed but I don't want you to take that out on God. My encouragement to you is this. Know that if your earthly mothers and fathers. Did not live up to the biblical expectations of a mom and a dad. Please know this. Your father in heaven loves you dearly. And the circumstances that went on, well, maybe not pleasant and maybe um, unfair and maybe sometimes abusive and all that stuff. Please don't let that undermine your courage in putting your eyes on the Lord and saying, but he loves me so for God so loved the world for that father so loved the world that he sent his one son. And had him to die in my place. In order so that the father above could say, hey, come into my family, I want to be your dad. I want you to call me Papa. I want you to pray to me. I want to encourage you. I'm going to discipline you. I talked to somebody one time, they were going through a rough spot and they just said, Brother Jason, I just feel so weak. Like this is just this is just exposed me to be soft and to to lack faith and to see my weaknesses and and the Lord. And I was I was actually so encouraged by what he said, because I said, brother. Lord allows that to happen in our lives, to know that things have been rough and to know that we're weak. So that he will be our strength. And if your situation, your situation's been tough, sometimes that's a great opportunity for you to say, it's been hard and I feel weak, but I'm going to go to my father and let him be my strength. Because he guess what? He's not going to provoke you to anger. He's not going to try to discourage you. But the essence of encouragement is to say you can trust him. 
you can trust Him. And in trusting His Word and following Him and serving Him, you'll have courage. And you'll be able to parent and be, be a child the way you should be. And so this morning, if that opportunity is for you where you need to say, today for me as a parent, for we as a couple, we're just going to commit that our family will serve the Lord. I'm going to parent in the Lord. I'm going to discipline the way I should discipline. Then maybe today is that day that you just need to say, Lord, help me to parent. May today be the day that I commit our family to serving the Lord. Let's pray.